Welcome to Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. We're here to help you take your health, fitness, and mindset to the next level. It's time to level up. Hello, and welcome to today's episode of Level Up with Sherelle and Danny. Today, we'll be discussing a fixed mindset versus a growth mindset. Yeah, so it's a great um, it's a great conversation around mindset these days. You know, everyone's really talking about it. And the first time, ironically, that I was introduced to fixed and growth mindset was actually through Luke, because it's actually pretty um pretty renowned in the teaching model, like mm. um, in the education is is like fixed and growth and ingraining it in students. And um, I remember sitting down with yeah Luke, who's my partner, and talking about a few things, and he's like, "You're very fixed with this way of thinking," and I was like, "What are you talking about, fixed?" what's fixed like stuck Mm. anyways then he brought me this book which we were chatting about off air which is that mindset book and um there's a lot of um teaching methodologies and stuff in there as well and and that was the first thing uh, well the first instance where it opened me up to this growth mindset and this fixed mindset and how we could apply it into our own lives to be able to get through um seamlessly yeah amazing so for everyone listening that book that Sherelle just mentioned is called Mindset, The New Psychology of Success. And it's by Carol Dweck. Um, mm-hmm. And the reason why I pulled that out was because I was going through a few obstacles myself. And I'm like, mm, I think I'm, I, I caught myself up on a few fixed thoughts that I had about scenarios in my life. And I'm like, I need to pull this book up. Um, and then ask Sherelle, you know, if we could do a podcast about it. And we actually just got off the back end of an hour-long conversation uh, before we started recording. So we are primed and ready to give you some real-life examples of our own fixed mindset and perhaps what we're going to do to actually change that. So I'm excited for this one. Yeah. And, you know, we were just laughing because, you know, um, like Danny said, we're both going through a few things at the moment and it's really hard to come to these realizations on, you know, the bullshit that you're telling yourself or that you're not telling yourself on your own. And that's why it's really important to have people in your life, whether it's, you know, um, your partner, a close friend, family, work colleagues, whoever it might be, uh, to bounce ideas off because again, sometimes you feed yourself bullshit and, I'm always big on being like, pull yourself up on your own bullshit, you know, pull yourself up. And it's this, um, you know, this, this fluency between being fluid and firm, you know, like we need to be soft and compassionate to ourselves, of course. But then again, we need to not be a little bitch all the time, pull yourself up and put your big girl pants on and just deal with situations. Absolutely. But sometimes we're so fixated on our view of our life and, and our own way of thinking and, and who we identify with that it can come to a bit of a shock if someone does try to help us. I know we get so used to the, to the validation and being like, everyone being like, yeah, go Sherelle, go Danny. Then all of a sudden someone's like, well, actually you could have done that better. And it's like, Oh, what really? And then it's so yeah. easy to fall down that fixated mindset of, creating stories and 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 feeling that you're not good enough anymore but you need to pull yourself out of it and become pragmatic in your thinking and then think of a game plan rather than play the victim Mm, um yeah yeah so starting off this episode you know if you're going through some adversity or you have a challenge or you're at this cross bridge where you need to make a decision you know keep that in mind as we talk through some of these um concepts about fixed um about being having a fixed mindset um and then a growth mindset and perhaps where you're pulling yourself up or what stories you're telling yourself and how you can apply some of these principles to navigate through that problem yeah for sure 
So when it comes to what our mindset actually is, we have spoken about this a lot, particularly in our episodes with Michelle, we touched on it with Nikki, but then you and I often refer back to mindset as well. So the technical term, I suppose, not really, but it's a term, a psychological process that we are going through. So as I mentioned, our view, our lens of what we're personally going through and we create that view ourselves. So everyone is different. Whatever has happened to us in our life is part of our lens. So Mm -hmm. you have a different lens to me and everyone Mm -hmm. who's listening has a different lens to the other. Um, So it really comes down to that. We don't see things as they are. We see things as we are. And that's Mm -hmm. very important to recognize. And something you need to remember when you're referring to things like lenses and mindset and anything, right? Like stress and pain, it's all relative. Mm. So to what some, what's stressful to one is not stressful to another. You know, you see someone um, who perhaps has a really stressful job, they handle stress differently. Um, you know, for example, like if you've been ex- um, a healthcare worker, you're probably pretty good around blood and mm. needles and that sort of stuff. But then if you take someone like um, off the street and, you know, you go to give them the flu shot they're petrified because they haven't been exposed to that stressor um, or been accustomed to it so it's really important again with mindset to keep and mental health in general to keep in mind that it's so relative to each individual for sure and we might label things differently so from using the example of the needle <laughs> that you used um you know at work we see that thing as a way to help someone As a patient, you see it as something that's going to freaking hurt when it goes in your arm. It's the same thing, but it's what we label it as. Yeah, so like you said here, we don't see things as they are. We see things as we are. So really important to remember when you're trying to contrast because it's really easy to be like, to look at people and say, oh, well, that's not that bad. That's not stressful. You know, that's not a big decision just make it. And it's like, well, that, that is a big decision for someone um, or that is stressful for someone else. Or actually like if it's there, it's real. And that's mm. the same with pain, right? Like it's what we always talk about. If you feel pain, there's pain. I don't yep. care if you say what your pain scale is. If there's pain, it's pain. For sure. So what actually is a fixed mindset, Cheryl? Fixed mindset is like, I I like to call it just like a pessimistic mindset. So one way of thinking it's one way or the other way. Um, It's, it's sort of being problem focused and instead of solution focused. So you might say, Oh, for example, I'm fat, you know, I'm fat. And instead of saying like, I'm, I'm fat, you know, you could be like, well, what's a better approach that I could use to lose some body fat? You know, you're looking at the problem rather than the actual solution or the focus point that you should be looking at to fix the problem. How would you describe it? Yeah, well, definitely. So someone with a fixed mindset, you know, they play it pretty cool and pretty safe. They avoid challenges. They avoid anything that's going to allow them to feel uncomfortable. So fixed mean like being stuck. If you feel stuck, that's generally a fixed mindset around something because Mm. there is definitely a way that you are able to change it, but you can be so deep in your fixed mindset that you blame external people. You blame other people for your lack of success. You give up. You see Mm. failure as a reflection of you. Oh, well, I must Mm. be bad at this. Well, that's just Mm. who I am. I'll never be X, Y, Z. So it's a really detrimental mindset and it can be on a scale of 
you know, somewhat fixed to your, you know, there's no hope in changing, but we all mm. experience it in one way or another. Often mm. when things get tough and we're really stressed. Yeah. And when you're in that fixed way of thinking, it's really difficult to come out of it. It's really hard, or I shouldn't say come out of it, but it's really hard to help someone when they just have a very fixed mindset or a fixed way of thinking. It's their inner belief that that is what's happening. That is real. Like, no, I can't squat because I get knee pain. The worst thing you probably do is program squats for them because regardless, they're going to get that knee pain. They're going to make that association and blame it. Do you know what I mean? So when you, when, and then again, you know, something I often think about is like never give your internal validation, success, whatever it might be to an external source. So never say like, I am successful because of this person that's helped me get there or whatever, or saying like, you know, I've been able to maintain this body because I do keto. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. never give your success to an external thing or object that you've done because mm. we never reflect on the internal strengths that we've got or our internal disciplines or knowledge um, that have actually been the driver to get to the result. Yeah, for sure. And a classic scenario of someone with a fixated mindset is just someone who avoids the possibility of failure in the first place. They just are stagnant and don't really make a change because our perceived ability is, okay, I'm good at this thing and that's about it. So I'm just going to cruise here forever. Um, Mm -hmm. But then, you know, and we spoke about this earlier, this can lead to a sense of incongruency and yes, you avoided failure, but you're stuck in that fixed mindset the whole time. And I've definitely Mm. been through this. I mean, um, yeah, maybe we can get into some examples of things that we've caught ourselves out on or each other on recently. Yeah. God, lead the way, Danny. Lead Lead the way. way. Well, I suppose I'm very, um, you know, as we said earlier, you do get used to being good at things because Mm. it's fun and everyone loves helping people and being awesome at things. Then you go along your merry way and... I'm so lucky to be surrounded by incredible people, particularly at Pro Raw. Like the crew there are just elite in everything that they do and they really want to help. Um, so they're always giving constructive feedback, constructive criticism, which I love because I know it makes me grow. But then I still need to catch myself out on taking that criticism as a negative. Because I know it's not. If they didn't care, there wouldn't be that criticism. If they didn't mm-hmm. want me to be my best, they wouldn't even say anything. But, mm-hmm. you know, something happened where I, uh, I featured on another podcast and then um, people know that my goal is to be a speaker one day to large groups of audiences. And, you know, we do a great job here, so, so I think. But, you know, there's always Absolutely. a way that we can improve. I've um, never really expanded my vision to be talking to a larger audience so then um emad who runs pro raw gym he's a brilliant public speaker he's just phenomenal and i've spoken to rooms of you know thousands of people and really captivates the audience so he's actually helping me to do the same now at the start upon reflecting on my own uh feature on this podcast i'm like fuck yeah i could have changed that I could have done that different. Then I started to fall down the trap of, well, maybe I'm not actually good at talking to people. 
oh shit, like, oh, what does that mean about the podcast with Sherelle? And really got stuck in that labels and it was quite, um, mm. yeah, full on. So then mm. that's the whole reason why I actually pulled out that mindset book. Cause I'm like, I need to really dig deep here and, and remind myself what's actually going on was able to recognize that I was creating stories for myself that was bullshit, did not exist, and then got pragmatic. I re-listened to the, the episode and as painful as it was to go back and re-listen now with that mindset, I just became pragmatic and came up with solutions. Okay, maybe I can explore how I say this differently or this and that. Now, the most important thing with that is, is to not lose who I am as a person. Yes, take on the feedback, but then also stay true to yourself. Um, so, yeah, I suppose that's, what, that's the recent event that sparked me approaching you to do this podcast on Fixed mm. Growth because we all go through it. Another level, another devil, they say. Things are only going to get harder because we're the kind of people who want to keep growing and it's meant to be freaking hard. But then when it is and we're off the edge of the cliff, it's like, oh, okay. It's different when I'm telling other people about it. But when it's me, yeah. it's like, whoa, yeah, the yeah. real. It's, um, thank you for sharing that. I've, I've got butterflies like listening to it because <laughs> I, I feel you. Do you know what I mean? Like I think when you're on any platform, you know, guys, we really put ourselves out there. Like mm. sometimes I get on and I say shit and I'm like, yeah. <laughs> that yeah. was political. Um, and even Luke will send me a message sometimes and be like, oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, because I'm, I'm an in the moment. I'm impulsive. I'm fire. I'm out. If I've got something to say, I'm finding whatever shitty selfie i got just so I can say that message. Yeah. Um, and I think... You know, that's, that's a good and a bad thing because you need to be able to filter without yeah. losing who you are and being yeah. authentic and staying true to yourself and um, maintaining um, some sense of professionalism, um, respect for others. But then again, like people like you for you. So that's really important to not lose those other things. Mm. Um, and, you know, I, could, I can feel that because when you do put yourself out there, you know, going on podcasts, public speaking, um, jumping on your stories, whatever it might be, you know, you really do open yourself up to being vulnerable. Mm. So you open yourself up to a lot of criticism, um, whether it's constructive or not, right? Like, mm. you know, we have a lot of yes men in our lives that are cheering for us, a lot of positive feedback and a lot of morale are backing what we do, of course, mm. um, which is amazing. Um, but then when we do get the no men or, you know, that one, one comment, it can um, really offend us or um, derail us and it shouldn't. So it's really mm. important to be able to work on that mindset um, and not allow that mindset to become fixed mm. on or around those comments or that constructive criticism and like what you've done you know it's important to feel it it's important to recognize it and being like oh that sucks you know like mm. i didn't do my best i did not perform my best mm. um, but life is just one big performance that we always aim to get better at so you know when you do that podcast and yes i i, I really feel that i feel like i can feel you you know mm -hmm. um Listening back to that podcast, it would have been hard to be like then knowing what you know what you know after because you worry if one person thinks that, then who else? You know, and we get a lot of positive feedback on here, which is amazing. But it's because we are who we are, and it's because we don't script and we don't try to be something, or we try don't try to amend. You know, we're very raw, mm. and 
I like that about public speaking. So um, I don't even know where I was going on this tangy, but again, it, it's it's about looking like how you you initially had a bit of a fixed mindset around that um, feedback, right? That constructive feedback. Um, it was a bit fixed. It was a bit sort of um, I want to say victimizing, like being like, oh, yeah, I'm being you know? a little sook. <laughs> yeah but then you've taken it and you've done something proactive about it so you know I'll um as well like something that I spoke to you a long time about was my own sort of fixed mindset about not being smart enough do you remember me calling you and being like who am I to do this you know like and you sort of highlighted to me that we are the type of people that you surround yourself with um or listen to or read books on or whatever it might be, like the creme de la creme, the top 1%. And what we tend to do is, um, you know, compare and contrast, which is already a big no-no, but to those sorts of people. And it's no wonder why we all of a sudden feel um, not superior enough to stand next to them. So in I went through that as well, being like a fixed mindset of like not being enough. And that can be forms whether it's intellectual like it was for me um whether it's physical for someone else you know not looking a certain way not being pretty enough for whatever it might be that's a fixed mindset you know like i wish i had her legs mm. that's not that's not the way to look at problems it's like i admire her legs i wonder what sort of training she does how can i implement that into to what i do you mm. know it's about creating um again solutions to the problem because the problem is the fixed object and the solution um is the fluent process that we need to embark on yeah amazing amazing and how do you does that sort of voice come up every now and then or have you been able to handle it or where are you at with that now mm. 100%. I think that voice is always going to come up. And I think it's important for people to understand that fixed isn't, isn't bad. Like it's just, it just is, you know, yep. it's just a way of, and we need to um, recognize it and we need to um, understand it and we need to acknowledge it. I think that's really important. Like she's showing up. I acknowledge that because you can't um, work on something that you don't know is there. Right. That's what we yeah. do with everything. That's what coaching is. It's mm. like putting a big mirror in front of you being like, track your calories, film your squat, look at it, you mm. know, and then tell me, tell me what's wrong with it. So that's the same with our thought process, but obviously we can't put a mirror in front of that. We can't physically see it again for me. Like I didn't realize I was victimizing myself to those thoughts for a long time. I just sort of, stayed in my box and mm. there's something about um whenever i get i want to say um uncomfortable or a fixed mindset i'm quiet and that's not me Ooh. so <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> i know so obviously yeah. not that not as not as often anymore but mm. if i'm feeling insecure like for example during the last few weeks in a prep I'm rarely on social media um, and it's just because not because I'm focused, but generally because I don't want to compare myself or whatever oh. it might be, how I'm showing up. And during that time when I was going through all that sort of stuff, when I was talking to you about it, I was quiet on social media. Oh. I was like, I didn't feel like I could post. I felt intimidated by my own lack of knowledge oh. and I've, do the quotation marks because I realized it was just my own limitation of comparing myself to the elite. So again, like that all sounds pretty deep, doesn't it? And you don't have to get to that, but what you have to do is like 
recognize it. And I think that's what I wasn't doing. I was ignoring it. And that's me being quiet is ignoring the problem, not speaking about it. And something I really like, really love using social media for is just saying my fucking thoughts. Mm. And like, it's a journal, Mm. the same as like my emails, like that in itself is a way of recognizing. So whether it's a journal or speaking or you know whatever it might be it's it's these processes that allow us to highlight what the bullshit is we're telling ourselves amazing thanks so much for going so deep and i suppose you said we don't have to do it which we don't but we are real humans and for us to lead by true example i think it's important for us to share the the emotions that we actually are feeling and it's not always happy days and sunshine and rainbows like we are two women working through shit that life throws us as well just like the people listening guys and girls no matter who you are life is going to challenge you and it's really important how we do label if someone does come with us with constructive criticism whether it's from ourselves or from someone externally I suppose you got to see it as a good thing because otherwise we will never actually change. And we can mm-hmm. keep hanging out with people who pump up our tires and our ego and it's great, but mm-hmm. are we really growing? Are we the big fish in a small pond? You got to catch yourself out because that's easy. It's easy yeah. to do what you're good at all the time. It's yeah. actually hard to, to really challenge yourself, but yeah, mm-hmm. it takes recognizing and exploring it and we will get into to strategies on how to do so down the track mm. as well um yeah, yeah. that's really yeah 100 percent. and i think as well you know if you're not looking back um in if in looking back on the last few years and being like oh, i made mistakes here that was a poor decision you know self-critiquing yourself you're probably not learning or excelling in the area that you want to you know we should be making mistakes and we should be um going down that sort of reflective path mm. of identifying those issues so i think that's a really important part of the process For sure. And it's quite interesting because uh, in the book, and I did a little bit of research on, on why this happens, where we get fixed mindsets from. And yes, it's a part of our genetic makeup, actually, but it's also a product of our environment, particularly when we're a child, because a fixed mindset, it was actually used for survival when we were a child to get approval from your parents. You know, when you're young, you just want to be told, you're a good girl, you're a good boy. You know, you've done Mm. so well. Kind of like a puppy dog, actually, it reminds me of. Um, Mm. Because in the wild, if a child or an animal did not get their approval from their parents, they'd be left for dead. See you later. Mm. So it's ingrained in our personality, in our DNA. And Mm. it, it is super powerful to recognize that because we can't punish ourselves for our fixed mindset because once upon a time it actually served us. It gave Mm. us the feelings that we needed as a child. It allowed us to, to grow and thrive off what we actually needed from a survival point of view. However, Mm. it's important to recognize that we're not that little child anymore. And we Mm. actually have the responsibility and the power to change that. But it's hard. hard. It is really hard. And change is always uncomfortable. And, you know, um, what what you're referring to as well is like something that we know is neuroplasticity and yeah. our brains are really vulnerable when we're born. And we know this watching or looking through um, how a child or a baby develops um, from such an early age. 
they learn so quickly, right? Like you get the dummy, they get the bottle, they get picked up when they cry. You know, it's, it's, um, and there's lots, like it's a very political topic, you know, whether you let your infant cry or not. And it's because of that, you know, like we do learn these, these um, tendencies or get our characteristics or traits from such a young age. And this is why trauma like is such a big thing. Um, and if you ever look at, you know, like studies of like epigenetics or like when they get twins and then they raise them up mm. in separate environments and the sort of person that they turn out to be, you know, um, for example, I remember, I don't know where or if I read it or I heard it or whatever, but they had these two twins and one um, turned out, went to the drugs and cocaine and that sort of pathway. And one turned out to be like a successful lawyer or whatever it was. And they investigated the environments that they grew up in. And obviously they had different, um, different um, environments, but they were identical twins. So they had the same genetic makeup, but it just goes to show how important our environment, um, our parenting, our childhood, and these early experiences are. And I think we can all remember back to traumatic experiences in school, right? Like, oh, listen yeah. to this one. This is a doozy. When I was in year three or four, I was on the flying fox. You know what a flying fox is? <laughs> Mate, I lived on the flying fox. So oh God. <laughs> so this one time I forgot to wear undies to school. Oh. Forgot to wear undies. Here we go. And I was on the flying fox and I'll never forget. So we used to play this game and like you would stand in the middle and you'd try to catch the person on the flying fox. And I got, I, and so I went to go past on the flying fox. And the chick grabbed my shorts oh. and I got dapped. And because I was like two foot, you know, I was tiny. Oh. I couldn't drop down. I was just hanging there <laughs> dark and naked. I will never forget that. Oh, my God. That is the best. You poor thing. I never forgot undies again. Oh. But do you know what I mean? These <laughs> things shape us. <laughs> Look oh. at me now. I take my pants off for nothing. There you go. No wonder your pants are always bloody down. <laughs> oh god, oh childhood suppresses you, but you always That's think so back, funny. right? That first boyfriend that cheated on you, fuck them, but they screw you up for a lot longer than than puberty. I tell you, so you know, there's <laughs> lots of things that we remember. It's not just our parents; it's mm. everything that we do. It's the friends, it's our career, it's our study. Mm. It's I don't know, like we always just. You think back and you're like, yeah. wow, when you really put the situations together, you can really connect the dots. Yeah, well, a prime, <laughs> thank you for sharing that, by the way. That's a pisser. That's so funny. <laughs> that can be now highlight. I sure. can laugh now. It wasn't funny yeah. for about 10 years. <laughs> now that you've just gotten over it 10 years later. Um, <laughs> no, like a perfect example. Well, it's because we attach a label to ourselves after an event. For example, as young as being a child, you know, growing up in a Greek household, they're strict because they bloody love you. So, I don't know, anytime you'd spill something on the ground, you would shit yourself. It was like, oh my God, you know, but it can be damaging if you don't let go of the labels. Like if a child spills something, they get in trouble being called clumsy. The child grows up thinking they're a clumsy person and they're not capable of things. Whereas really, not that I'm an expert at a parent, being a parent, because I do not have children, but this is just one of the examples. Instead, well, what really happened? You spilt the food on the ground. Okay, what are you going to do? I'm going to clean it up. There's mm -hmm. no labels. There's no emotion, things like that. Now, in saying that, if I have kids or when I have kids, it might be a different story. 
and I might attach emotion to things. But again, that's just an example. The child mm. grows up thinking that they're clumsy and that they're incompetent. Mm. Um, I suppose also with public speaking, I know in high school, you get forced to stand in front of the room talking about something that you're not passionate about. And for me, it was a traumatic experience. I mean, I wanted to blend in to the crowd in high school, being teased. It's, it wasn't fun. The last thing I wanted to do was stand in front of the class. You feel feeling like the child on the flying fox with the pants down. You're that vulnerable talking about something. And I remember people just were laughing at, at, at me. I wasn't actually funny back then. Um, they were laughing at what I was saying and, and I just felt real shit. Like I felt mm. horrible. From then, mm. I labelled that I was bad at speaking for so mm. long until, mm. you know, you grow out of it. But I can understand mm. why a lot of people hate public speaking because one of the yeah. first scenarios that we're put in is one that is just so horrible, you know? Yeah. Like, it yeah. is all those oral presentations in school oh, really fucked us up. But I still remember um, in pre in preschool, like great preschool. That's like the first one, isn't it? In high oh school? yeah. In primary. Um, in preschool, I still remember my teacher, Miss Brody. Right. I had this piece of paper, this workbook. Doesn't even and hesitate to name drop, FYI. That's I don't even care. She, <laughs> Miss Brody, Miss B was a bitch. Um, oh. Anyways. <laughs> Anyways, she won't listen to this. I don't even know where she's at. Um, God, one day she listens to this. I don't care. She'll learn from this constructive criticism. <laughs> Go for it. Tell your story. I had my sheet of my worksheet, right? And it was like, I don't even know what it was doing. And I just coloured the whole sheet in because that's what you do when you're like five years old. I coloured the whole sheet in. Anyways, and then she said, Sherelle, come up to the front of the classroom. So I rang my sheet up to the front of the classroom and she said, hold your sheet up. So I held my sheet up to the whole my whole class and she said everyone this is what you shouldn't do and i would never forget oh. that like, I'm five years old and i still remember it right so oh. now i look back now but and we're very lucky that we teaching has changed a lot in the last oh. you know decade oh. um you know my partner's a teacher he's a, an amazing teacher very compassionate at what he does a lot of my friends are fantastic amazing teachers but just like every industry and every profession and everywhere in the world there's always going to be um you know the miss bees in the world so mm-hmm. you know again absolutely nothing you should do to a five-year-old but humiliate her but yeah. these sorts of things depending on you know what sort of person you are and how vulnerable you are and how much you put yourself out there and how intimidated you are. Like I probably thought that that piece of paper, there was a fantastic painting. So I didn't care. I thought I've mm. coloured in all the things you told me not to. Mm. Um, you know, you turn, I turned my worksheet into um, a, a canvas. But go. these are the little things that really show up later yep. in life, don't they? Like, I don't know, did that show me how, how unintelligent I am? Who knows? Like how much it sort of does impact you as an adult. I, that's interesting that you said that because you also used an example earlier of not feeling intelligent and now you recalled that back to being made fun of sort of by your teacher. I'd explore that actually. That's quite interesting. Like, I mean, I've always known that that's, um, again, like what we spoke about earlier, comparing yourself to the elite. Mm. Um, so again, it is just about being aware of where yep. your, you know, limitations are just so you can work on them because we've all got those, um, in our, in a mean girls inside of us. Yep. <laughs> I said yes, but I didn't expect you to say that, but yeah, 
in, in a mean girl. That, what do you mean by that? I just thought of the mean girl's movie. Like you're in a mean girl, just like you're in a bitch, I guess. Like we've all got the, or I guess your own limiting belief. Is that another way of, of saying it? Uh, yeah. way? No, I liked your way too, but either or, we got to speak to both people. Um, you're yeah, in a mean girl. It can lead to us being in denial and not wanting to change or blaming mm. someone else. Nah, I'm mm. fine. I'm just tired today. Someone, oh, the classic would be when someone would say, what's wrong? I used to do it too. Nah, I'm just tired. When it's not mm. that, there's so much stuff going on, but you're in denial. You mm. know, you really just feed into that limitation that you've set on yourself. And often you actually can't see past it because it's so consuming. Um, mm. Particularly in our own mind and, and caught up amongst your own stories. They often sound mm. better in our head, but then talking out loud, talking about it out loud really helps because it's like, oh, actually, that's not true. And I do yeah. that a lot with people. If I hear they're saying something and it's kind of like, oh, again, they have to have the realization. Well, I go, oh, okay, is that true? Mm. And then they're yeah. so, like, maybe not, actually. Mm, like what you did to me about an hour ago. Um, but like, like what we're talking about now, I guess, like how to move to a growth mindset. So that's something um, that's really, I guess, practical right there that you said, Danny, as well as putting pen to paper. Like we often talk about journaling. Um, and again, it's not this like voodoo, green smoothie, crunchy granola sort of thing. It's just about turning on that frontal lobe, your cerebral cortex and processing information, removing your chimp brain, like thinking about it with um, cognition so that you can put some objective um, steps in place so that you can yeah. work for like what you're doing, you know, you mm. thought about, you know, of course you recognized it. You had an emotional response to it or a reaction because that's normal. And mm. then you, you move to that, that, um, that process driven solution focus. Now you're, you're reading the book, you know, it's always about removing the emotion and feeling it and then switching in and then actioning from that because yeah. that emotion is derived from a young age, you know, yeah. like what we said, all those traumatic events are what, protect us you know pain is protective whether it's physical or mental so having that um you know that 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 lobe in the brain that is impulsive and makes us scream and cry and yell is really important because it's what yeah. keeps us safe and then of course of course we tap in then to our frontal cortex which might i add doesn't develop fully until we're 25 26 mm. so you know we can argument and make make that argument of we're really only just maturing now there you go. Yeah, for sure. And they can often get intertwined and all jumbled up. But in a, the sense of thing, a growth mindset is the exact opposite of someone with a fixed mindset. So they see a challenge as an opportunity rather than something that labels them. You know, you, you're okay with facing your weakness, talking about it, acknowledging it, admitting that it's there and maybe you're not the best at something. Then finding a way, you learn and improve. Okay, well, how can I work on this weakness? I have to persist mm. through it. Um, so, yeah, basically just removing the emotion, as you said, which it's not easy, but it's mm. just a matter of starting by acknowledging it first. Um, mm. It also comes, it's, it's also an example of being inspired by someone else's success rather mm. than, I don't know, you've, you've sort of been around people before. Well, I know why I have. and there are just people who don't want to work on their fixed mindset. So then they are so consumed in what someone else is doing. And then if someone else 
is viewed to be successful in their eyes, they get a threatened by that. Whereas someone with a growth mindset, they want to be the small fish in a big room, uh, mm. big room in a big pond. They want to be the one who is driven by someone else's success. Wow, you're amazing that. How, how do I do that? Rather than, oh, you're amazing at that. That'll never be me. I'm going to try and um, shut you down. You know, so mm. really being inspired by someone else's success. So it's really just yeah. growth, the growth mindset. Yeah. I couldn't agree with you more because I think it's really important to have that role model in your life that, that, you know, someone that you look up to, someone that you want to work hard for. Um, but then also, you know, practicing um, self-efficacy. So, you know, proving it to yourself and uh, developing this inner belief because we talk about these limiting beliefs a lot, which is fixed, but then coming to your own inner beliefs, like I can do this, I am strong, you know? Um, but there's, you know, self-perceived self-efficacy so looking in the mirror and being like you are beautiful you are strong is mm. one of the lowest ways to um inhibit a change or sorry to produce a change so um they know that if you have a role model or someone telling you that someone that you respect mm. telling you you can do this um the the likelihood of change is far greater coaches you know someone you respect and look up to you sort of think oh well if they believe in me maybe I should believe in myself mm. and therefore I will do the things that they tell me to do. Cause I know that's what's going to make me successful. Mm. Um, and then as well, like that then reinforces that self efficacy. And there's a fantastic book that I just got up that I wanted to um, recommend that I was reading. It's called the brave athlete, calm the fuck down and rise to the occasion. Oh. Um, fantastic book. Yeah. It's in the title. Fantastic book for anyone who um, feels like, you know, especially around sporting performance. I think for competing Olympics, yeah. like these, these use like triathlons um, as examples, but I really love mental toughness support um, sports books, but they talk about actual strategies for improving that inner belief and that self-efficacy. And um, one of the things that they talk about doing, I guess, and I don't know if this is growth mindset, but it all works on your inner belief, I guess. It's not, everyone tells you to set the bar high, right? Everyone's like, set the bar really high so that you thrive to it. He says, don't set the bar so high. Set the bar at like 70% mm. so that you can achieve it because that's the, one of the best ways is like testing yourself, accomplishing, yep. proving to yourself, reinforcing, and then setting the bar at 80%. Accomplish, reinforce, do it again. Set the bar 85%. If you set the bar mm. so high and then you jump and you miss... Like everyone remembers going to the swimming pool and going to the highest, um, what do you call it? The platform, the diving board. The yeah. highest diving board. How scary was that? You never do that. You go to the small one. Right? Yeah, jump yeah. On the one. God, I still, I'm petrified thinking about that high one. There was Did one. Did you know pants on again? You forgot your pants were oh, on the high diving board. I lost my pants on the high <laughs> diving board. <laughs> Multiple times. I remember the high diving board was so high. I was was scared I wasn't going to be able to get up in time to drown. You know, when you jump in. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Anyways, my weird analogies. I should, you know, funny. Um, People are going to remember it, so it's good. (laughs) We all remember that diving board. So that was something that I really took away because I was like us high achievers, right? We're always setting the bar as high as we can. It's like, well, I think I can do this, so I'm going to do this. Mm. So it's like... Finding that balance between setting realistic goals and challenging yourself as well, um, but then also realizing that if you are a high achiever, 
that high bar is already pretty high. So don't be scared to pull it back a bit and um, work on that inner belief system for yourself so you can feel successful and accomplished. Beautiful, beautiful. I'll definitely have to start reading that um, book for sure. Mm. And I think it's really cool to, to still visualize that one day you will be at that high diving board and we all want to be that. I often use the analogy of being a black belt straight away because it's good for your ego. Everyone loves being told they're the best at stuff. But no, you have to go through the smaller diving board or the white belt first to the next color. Um, mm. so I suppose it really starts when uh, to make a change from fixed to growth. Be okay with the idea that you have a fixed mindset around something. It doesn't mean that you're a bad person. It doesn't mean any label that you want to throw on it. Okay, you've acknowledged it. Great. For example, me, I used to have a fixed mindset around time. I used to feel like I didn't have enough time for anything and would get so triggered, even though I would pack my schedule and trigger myself. And that was my belief. No, I don't have time for this. I don't have time for that. All right, that's, I call bullshit on myself. Cool. Acknowledge it, be kind. Mm. Then work out your triggers. As I said, if I would pack my calendar so tight with, with schedules and because I wanted to feel important and I've got so much to do, but deep down it was stressing me out further. So I identified that. Then mm. you have to recognize, well, it doesn't mean that that's who I am. That's not my identity. Like I'm not, yeah. So you, be kind to yourself, acknowledge it, and then realize it's not a part of your identity. Realize mm. that, yes, this was here to protect you, but it's time to make a change and ask questions. So instead of me packing my schedule so busy and, and all of that, I recognize that now nah, that's making me feel really stressed. All right, cool. What can I do? Learn how to prioritize, you know, get on Google Calendar, minimize the tasks for the day, got pragmatic. That's just an example. I know a lot of people feel that way about time and I definitely have experienced that for yeah. a while. But it's about acknowledging it then, all right, cool. What can I do about it? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, 100%. I think everyone, like you said, has that thing with time, mm. you know, and it's something that I've recently experienced. I was like, you know, stepping away from a traditional shift, you know, where I'm on for eight hours and I'm off and then to start a business where it's like, well, the list of to do just never ends. Like there's always something I can do. Mm. And I never understood that concept um, when Luke would talk about it because he's in... um. POLs or positions of leadership at school. So he's got a lot on his plate and he's just finished his master's. Like I was always like, God, he puts so much on his plate. He's always working. And when I moved into starting my own business, I was like going through this sense of being like never feeling like tasks were completed because mm. they weren't because, you know, like, yes, you can tick things off, but then that just gets replaced with other to do. Yeah. And that's life, right. Mm. And I, I'm, you know, it's like Luke's a bag full of wisdom. I swear to God, need no. to get him on. But I was like, to get him on. <laughs> play a song. I was like, what do you do? Like, how do you get like go to sleep at night and feel okay that you haven't done everything? Or how do you, you know, I was sitting up at all hours being like, How can I deal with this? And he was like, unless it has to be done first thing in the morning, let it sit. Like if it doesn't have to be done straight away, it can wait. And instead of having two to-do lists, you have, sorry, instead of having one to-do list, you have two. You have like a to-do now, 
like emerge like these need to be done top three and then you have like a to do like a to-do list whenever mm. and I was like ah oh, so instead of like banking up and like we use google calendars so we prioritize but some things just don't fit on there right like you still got all these little tasks that you don't want to forget about but you can't really just slot it in all the time so you know having a to-do list now like these are my big things that I need to get done for the day I would like to get these other things done but they're not essential I think that's a really good way to be able to start structuring in that that time worry because then you're not worried you're like I've got all the things that are time critically done are important done and then I've got all these other things that look no one's going to die and at the end of the day as well you need to almost step back and be like say to yourself pat yourself on the back and be like I'm one person and I'm doing a good job you know like especially awesome. when you're doing side hustle and everything you're like oh, we're one woman shows here yeah. do you know what I mean like we don't have all these people like following us around with cameras and shit and editing our podcasts like we're a one woman show so if you're doing a, um if you're doing your best then that's all you can do yeah awesome really well said for sure and then I suppose um another real common one is well I don't have time to go to the gym I just don't have time to go to the gym. And then all of a sudden comes the label. I'm lazy. I'll never be one of those fit people. I'll never mm. reach my goal. It's just who I am. I'm always going to look like this. Like you can really just tell yourself so many stories. But then again, recognize what you're telling yourself. Ask yourself, mm. is that true? Do you really mm. not have time to go to the gym? And then you mm. can look at your what you do in a day and you spend about four hours on Netflix and go, okay, maybe that's not true. Maybe I do actually have time. Mm. All right. What can I do to change? Well, I really love Netflix, but I really want to make a change. All right. Maybe I'll watch it for two hours a day because it is my time with my kids. We watch TV together. All right. I'll watch TV for two hours and then the other two hours I'll go to the gym. Mm-hmm. And then you remove those labels about yourself. You remove the emotion and then you rewrite your story. Now you've mm-hmm. gone from someone who will never be fit to someone who's making the effort, but still able to do two things that they enjoy. We just have to become solution focused rather than playing the victim. Yeah, a hundred percent. And whenever you're ever dealing with a behavioral change, it's really important important to never try and stop something but replace it so you substitute it you know like like what Danny said about the Netflix thing as well it's not about taking the Netflix away it's almost about substituting right like if you're trying to get someone to transition off drinking two cups of coke a day well maybe they can drink one cup of coke and one cup of diet coke Mm. or maybe they can drink two cups of diet coke you know it's, it's always about substitution because once we take anything away, we feel deprived, our brain's smarter than us. Um, chemically, we're just going to crave things more, whether it's food or a feeling or a neurotransmitter hormone, whatever it is, um, we should never deduct. And I think that's a big problem is like people go that all or nothing, like on their lifestyle, like, no, 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 I'm going to go from like being a couch potato to I'm going to run 5Ks. Remember that couch to 5 That's the 5K, yeah. But <laughs> like, I used people into it. It didn't say, yeah, well, yeah. day one, run 5K. Like, yeah. it, well, it then, that's great. I never it. did it. I never did it, obviously, but I was just using the analogy of going from the couch to all of a sudden being an extreme athlete. Um, Like no one should do that. And even where we're at now, like how many years has this manifested over? Mm -hmm. So it's it's always about um, progression 
for anything and everything in life. So, you know, I think as well, like it's, you've got to realize that there's Karens in the world that, you know, Oh, she's brought up the Karen. Karen must hang out with um, Miss B, I reckon. And Dave, like there's lots of, you know, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, it's, it's always, it's always about who and what for, right? So, yep. but when it's you, rather than thinking, and because we're that type of person that's like all in, it's like, no, no, no I'm going to do it well, do it properly. It's sort of like, yeah, but for how long? How long is that sustainable change going to last? Because if you want to ingrain it over a long time, you know, like I cut out artificial sweetness at the start of the year. Um, but, you know, I used to drink soft drink. I used to drink sugar-free. And now I don't drink anything. Do you know what I mean? It's not like I went all or nothing. And I guess it works for some people. But, you know, when you look at, you know, for example, drug addicts or, for example, this is probably not common knowledge, but for um, people that are addicted to methamphetamines or cocaine or whatever it might be, in a clinical setting, a pharmacist will actually prescribe those drugs in a smaller, less harmful dose. And we administer them. We give people the drug so that they can wean off them because you're not just going to pull the ice away from people. It's not how you get people to change. So um, probably a very extreme thing. Yeah, you've hit the extremes today, definitely. But I want people to to remember. Exactly. People (laughs) will remember for sure. It has to um, have emotion and a a crazy story behind it. Um, Always, always. Good message behind there. So we can't go from... uh, zero to a hundred straight away you have to make the small changes definitely and i would like to challenge everyone including you and i sherelle to really have a bit of homework and explore okay where do we have a fixed mindset around in our life what's a story that we're telling ourselves i i've heard you say that you're an all or nothing person a lot actually sherelle so I would like to catch you out on that as well and maybe recognize that. Because we're telling people not to be all or nothing, but you're identifying as one. So yeah. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. You're working <laughs> on it. That's fine. Um, and the questions to ask yourself. So ask, what do I need to change? How can I get better? Who can I ask for help? And what is the best method? So, yeah, it will be really cool if we can all give that a go because that's how we grow in life and move from having a fixed mindset to a growth mindset. Mm. Yeah. And um, just to, I guess, just to shed some light and um, really just put it out there, something like that I've spoken to you about, Danny, about not being smart enough or not, not having the not being able to hold myself to things is like a big reason as to why I'm coaching myself this year is because I want to prove to myself that I can do it on my own. Um, that I don't need that accountability from someone else or the knowledge from someone else that I can do it on my own. I really wanted to prove that to myself. Um, so again, it comes back to that self-efficacy being like proving it to yourself, um, is one of the best ways to reinforce it, not standing in the mirror and saying, I can do it when you don't believe it yeah generally got to be like i've got the knowledge i can do it i can i'm capable of this and then go out and actioning it you know um and then let the result be the reward for Mm. that ingrained change whatever that is physical psychological self-belief doing more doing less whatever Mm. um again what danny said if you don't have the skill set there then of course you're not going to be able to i'm not going to go out and be like you know what tomorrow i'm going to run a marathon Mm. i'm not going to do that because i don't believe that i could so you know you can't stand in a mirror and and, um you know 
tell yourself that you can do something and just expect yourself to be able to do it. You know, you can seek out mentors or coaches or yeah. whatever that can help instill that belief and the skill set in you to be able to achieve more. And that's a that's one of the best ways, I guess, to go from that fixed mindset, that blaming, I'm I'm not pretty enough, I'm not smart enough, I'm stupid, I I can't, I can't, to well, how can? How yep. can I? Who can? Then, then then the what and then the why and you know we can only understand up to our current level of knowledge we all know that so you know there's questions that we ask now that we wouldn't have asked a few years ago because we weren't at that stage to ask those questions so it is always a process mm, that's it thank you um and just to clarify sort of what you mentioned Sherelle so he, yes we are talking about ask for help if you need it and that's great get coaches and mentors and I have a lot of them in my life but for Sherelle personally her journey right now is to prove to herself that she is smart enough through coaching herself so there are two differences there it's still great to ask for help but that's but by not uh, asking for help, essentially, is your way of, of proving to yourself that you're smart enough. Yeah. Yeah. Just to clarify that because there were two ways. But yeah, this has been really good. Um, I really hope that people have seen that Sherelle and I are still learning and growing and we feel emotions. Sometimes we doubt ourselves and we are here on this journey with you, leading by example. We want to stay. Mm -hmm real and raw with you to allow you to realize that um you know we're all here doing the same things going through the same battles we're all humans at the end of the day but we always want to share our strategies and what we use to try and get out of it you know everyone's mm. a little bit different but we want to let you know that we're going through these things too so i really appreciate everyone who listens and i appreciate you sherelle for sharing some of where you're at as well so thank you mm. No, thank you again. Like what we said about, um, you know, I know podcasts in the past for me have been a really good um, refuge or respite in a lot of this mindset stuff that we talk about because perspective is everything. So hearing other people's perspectives and how they interpret problems and problem solve and um, I guess the mental um, cognitive process around that and how they navigate it um, is not so much inspiring, but it does um, influence the way that you can sort of navigate around your own mindset. Because there is no, there is no to-do book or quick, easy one-on-one guide for life or problem solving. Um, we have to figure out what works for us because everyone, like we've spoken about, is so individual depending on how we were raised and how we're born. And we are our own selves. There is no other Danny. There is no other Sherelle. It's just who we are. So we have to write our own script, so to speak. Um, but yeah, it was, it's, um, it's a very interesting episode. So thank you everyone for tuning in. We hope that you um, gain some insight into how to navigate some of your own problems. And, you know, we'd love to hear from you to see if this has inspired your way of thinking or allowed you to create a change that you've been hoping for. So um, if you enjoyed the episode, please do take a screenshot, post it on your social media, tag myself, tag Danielle and tag the Level Up podcast.